Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 46. It is 46, Sam, of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. Ah, the lisp. If only the people would purchase my services and hear me in person, they would realize that the lisp is not there except when we record. But that's okay. In this episode, we're going to, well, Talk about things that Sam likes to talk about, usually the things he finds in stores. So to do that, let's have Liam help us out. I do have are a very particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career. So, Drew, I am. Uh, well, as you know, this may be my favorite segment that we do. No, you would think after like 18 months of doing these that the listeners would be like, oh, my God, please stop saying it's your favorite. We get it. We get it. We get it. No, I, I don't think they are, uh, because this really gets to highlight things that we've seen out in the marketplace. And um, I think it proves to folks that the importance of being great trainers, great leaders is that you are also a lifelong learner. And that's what I like best about Taken is it proves that even though you and I have been doing this for a minute and we get paid to to teach people, we're still always on the lookout for the next next idea that is fantastic. So to me, that's that's why it's so great. So I'm just I'm just a little bit crazy about Taken, if I'm being serious. All right. Totally fair. So in this episode of Taken, you know, I was talking to a group last week. We were talking about the importance of the operations assessment, or as you and I like to say, the absolute lack of importance of the operations assessment. It truly is the least important visit you will ever get because no matter how bad your pizzas are, how dirty your restaurant is, or how rude you are to the operations assessor, they'll come back. In fact, if you do those things really poorly, they'll come back more often, whereas your customers will not. So we spent the day talking about product. And one of the things we got into is the absolute foundation of our core product, which is dough management. So I wanted to share something that I've taken from the stores that I think makes dough management just a little bit easier. You think that's a topic worthwhile? I always look at dough management like the third rail of Domino's training. The third rail? All right. What are the other two rails? For our listeners that that don't understand the metaphor, the third rail in the subway system, when you touch it, it's the one that powers the subway. So you light yourself on fire. You electrocute yourself. That's the third rail. <laughs> just uh we are not advocating to not do dough management because if you do you will light yourself on fire i think i think where you're going with that is that the train don't move without that third rail where i'm going with it is as as trainers and as leaders we talk dough management all the time right the frontline store team member though they don't. It's too time consuming. It's usually really difficult. And like there's a program to do it, but you've got to 
track every hour, two hours, three hours, four hours when you're supposed to pull dough and who's got time for that. And if I just do this weird thing with the dough, it's always fine. Nobody notices, even though like there's a gel layer and it doesn't rise the same way or it's harder to stretch. Like it's amazing to me how long we've been talking about dough management and how much training is available for dough management and how many tools are available for dough management to go into a store. And I swear to you, Sam, you and I could pick any store anywhere in the country and eight times out of 10, that first hour of business, there is no such thing as dough management. I would say that most days that end in Y in most restaurants, there's not a lot of dough management. And understand from my end, it's it's not a matter of somebody's being evil about this. It's not, ooh, malfeasance. I don't know why malfeasance popped into my head, but that's what the word that popped into my head. I'm going to need a definition of malfeasance because uh, our crack research staff is off today. Uh, in other words, my Google isn't working. So um, help me out with malfeasance. So malfeasance is the direct purposeful deed that creates a bad event. It's the, from an, oh, let's talk OA for then, right? You know, when you get the critical because you have too many expired products, right? I have too many expired products because I don't have a dating system, not, not malfeasance. I have too many expired products because I'm trying to run my food costs. So I keep everything till I use it. Malfeasance. I know what right and wrong is, and I've chosen to do wrong malfeasance. I gotcha. I don't think dough management is that. I think that it's the, it's that, um, the value equation, right? The amount of work and time it takes to properly manage dough is not equal to the difference in result to unproperly manage dough from the perspective of most of our team. So let's dive into that value proposition and let's see if we can help them see a better return on that value proposition. So Ooh. what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of what's in it for you when it comes to dough management? Like, why would you do dough management as a store general manager? So for me, the way I would explain it to my team or internalize it is consistency. Man, I hate it when you're scraping a dough patty and it's so proof that you've got to like treat it as if it's, it's some like Ming vase from the third century, because it's so delicate. All you've got to do is like pull it out of the tray and it's already a pizza. Like it was a small and now it's a 14 inch pizza. And all you did was pull it out because it's so proof, right? I hate that. And on the other side of it, working with cold dough, that's, you know, first day that needs three more hours to proof just, just wears me out. Like, like it gets into your back and your shoulders. So for me, it's one of those, I like the middle and I can spend an hour a day in, in five or six minute increments, making sure that all I ever use over the entire week is the same dough. So what I think I hear you saying is the first thing that comes to your mind is it's easier for the pizza maker. 100%. And I say that only because the pizza maker generally some will care what the customer tastes, but the what's in it for me is not that the customer tastes the great pizza. The what's in it for me is me. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about this value proposition that you speak of, the what's in it for me and making it easier to make the pizzas is a huge feature and or benefit of making the sale for people to do the things that our customers need them to do. So I love that that's first on your list. And then you alluded to what would be second on my list. And that's obviously product quality. Gang, you work for Domino's Pizza. Domino's Pizza is a restaurant. Restaurants serve food. The food has to be good. 
And for our pizza to be at its very, very best, your dough has to be at its very, very best. For some of you that have not been around long enough to see the wonderful materials that Drew put together for New and Inspired, there's just all kinds of data and all kinds of pro or all kinds of pictures that show the difference of dough that's right out of the cooler or dough that's been out for an hour and you can see the difference in the bake and you can taste the difference in your mouth. And there's just so much to be said for the customer experience when dough management is done right. So we can really make the customer experience all the better by doing the dough manage. But Drew, I, I love what your number one thing is, and that's making it easier on the team members. You and I speak all the time about how can we make this job easier and more fun and doing some dough management is going to make it easier and more fun. I love how we've kind of set this up to get back to Taken. I've got a client in Illinois, Lance Vosberg. He's been with the brand for, for 30 plus years and he runs just a fantastic store down there. His son, Chase, runs it in Centralia, Illinois. And Lance is old school. And I mean that with all the love in the world and all the respect in the world. And one of the things that I helped Lance put together. And when I say helped him put together, he had all the data and all the information. I just put it on a, on a poster for him. Is Lance teaches his guys and gals to proof dough by temping it. So the inkjet labels are great. And I think they are fantastic places to start. They are good guidelines, not hard, fast rules, because everything is constantly changing. The air temperature in your store is changing. The amount of humidity is changing. Whether or not you cross-stacked it is something that you can control. Did you cross-stack it in ones, in twos, in fives? Whatever the case may be. So what Lance has done, and I will put links on the Fowser Consulting page and share it with, with Drew's BTY page and put it all over the place. But we purchased thermometers that have probes on them and they're from Thermoworks and they're called the dot. In fact, I'll put a link right on my page so that you can go get those if you'd like, but they're about 40 bucks. And the nice thing about them is they've got an audible alarm when the probe hits a certain temperature. So there's no more, you have to worry about where the dough's at in its proofing. You just use the sheet that Lance put together. And if you're interested in this dough proofing sheet, reach out to me and I'll send you the PDF. You'll see three stacks of dough out and you'll see three thermometers that are magnetic. The sensor is, the probe is in the dough. The readout is magnetically attached to the walking cooler. The alarm is set to go off at 45 degrees, 50 degrees, 55 degrees, whatever the case may be. And when that alarm goes off, it lets everybody know in the store know, hey, that dough's got to be checked. And more than likely, it has to go in. And when I say more than likely, I mean, it's got to go in. You know, the things that he's put together is just amazing. He's got temperatures for five-hour, four-hour, three-hour, two-hour, one-hour dough if you're using it today, if you're pre-proofing it today, if you're pre-proofing it for tomorrow. And then, you know, we took a look at his average usages. So you know how many trays to pull out based on how much sales you're going to do. It's a one sheet laminated poster that makes the dough proofing process so easy. And I've been in that store in Centralia and they do 
probably triple the national average. Their dough always looks great. And maybe they're doing triple the national average because their dough always looks great, which means their pizzas always look great. And I, I love the, uh, the, the dot. There's a blue dot too. That's Bluetooth that's connect, that can connect to your phone and it'll vibrate on your phone and let you set the temperatures too. That's the one I use when I, um, root beer or smoke meat. Um, stop right there. When you do what? <laughs> Uh, brew beer and smoke meat. Dang. Um, wow. <laughs> and tomorrow's a brew day. So gotta, nice. Gotta, gotta brew up something. Um, but that's not what the point of this is. The point of this is I saw it on Facebook yesterday. I'm still looking for that tag. You said that you tagged me in something. I haven't gotten that notification. Facebook is notifying me of stuff like someone tagged you in something like four days after it happened. So, oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Um, but, I, I thought it was Chris Rowe, but it, it, I, don't, I couldn't find it just now. There was a list of uh, national pizza chain uh, customer complaints. And number one, who was number one in the country, Sam, with the most customer complaints? I'd rather not say, I think. You were correct. You would be 100% not wanting to say that. And the number one complaint wasn't speed of service. Quality of product. It was. Boy, we could go into all kinds of tangents on here. Maybe we'll jump into this even harder on episode 47 when we talk training and the importance of product, because I don't know what you're seeing out there on your visits, but I'm seeing some opportunities to get our product back to where it needs to be. And, you know, we've got some mutual clients that have talked about the need to get into a post-COVID reworking of product service and image. Because, I mean, let's be honest, COVID was awful. And the folks that were out there getting the doors open every single day were doing a fantastic job of getting the doors open every single day. And we're certainly grateful for that getting done. It's time to get back to what we do. And that's product service and image with a laser focus. And because getting to number one was easy, staying number one is going to be a challenge because now instead of being the hunter, we are now the hunted. Now, in all fairness, when you're the biggest, busiest pizza chain in the country, you probably will have the number one complaints. I mean, that that math makes sense. Right. That said, the author actually targeted speed of service as the reason for the product quality complaints because, and they're completely right, when you're pushed to go faster, you find ways to shortcut things. And usually the shortcutting of things equates to not paying attention to your product. You and I have clients, I mean, oh my gosh, we have so many clients that are not even fast pizza makers. That's not correct. Uh, the Brian Edlards, the, the Dennis Trans, the Dennis Ryans, like we have so many clients who are fast pizza makers and their product's good now. Now in the competition years ago, that's a different thing, but like, like their, their, their product from their teams, good. I know Brian's running a store that is number one in the nation, like three months in a row now. I, I can't give the time, Sam, but, but it's significantly less than national average. I think it's half the national average. Yeah. It's pretty darn smoking fast. And he doesn't have product issues there because that's the way they ratchet it. They went 
let's get great pizzas. Now let's get it fast. Now let's get service going crazy. And when you do it that way, of course, the pizzas are perfect because you don't know how else to do it. Like, why would you cut seconds from this by not putting enough pepperoni on? Cut seconds by putting your equipment closer together. Like the, the crew is all in. And, and when we talked to Corey, right, it was the same thing. It's not about how you can do less with the product. It's how you can step less. It's how you can move less. So it's a way that it's communicated that matters. And that little report that it was number one and it was product quality, that kind of hurt a little bit, especially after 10. Oh my gosh, it's been 12 years since doing Inspired. That's crazy. That's That feels wrong. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. All right. So back to dough management and dough proofing real quick. For our listeners, if you want to try this, try this. Take some pictures, put it up online in the Facebook groups and show us the results. And then tell us what your team thinks. I know food cost is high, but just bear with me for a second. Sam, when you and I are running around the country in 2009, teaching high performance franchisee to then all 1200 of the franchisee, part of the class was to actually get them and make pizzas. And we would serve lunch one day that was pizzas. And the pizzas were very, very specific. It was zero day dough, cheese only. It was three day dough, cheese only. And it was eight day dough, cheese only. There was the occasional franchisee who'd be like, I really like the eight day dough one. (laughs) For the most part, everybody's like, oh my God, zero sucks. Right. It's cardboard. Right. I'm going to go back to that report. The report stated that they don't think Domino's tastes like cardboard anymore. They like it as the writer, but the complaints were it tastes like cardboard still, that it's tasteless. And the only way the dough is tasteless is because you're making it on zero or one or two day unproofed, unmanaged dough. Yeah, I would love to see people try that again because as you just mentioned, we're we're old. Yeah, it's been a minute since since that went out. Twelve years. Thirteen since the class. Oh my God. You know, I bet a lot of our listeners here are new and inspired and they think new from what? So I I think it would be a wonderful refresher for people to get out and try that and then actually taste it. Because you do a cut test, you can see it. But, you know, again, you work for Domino's. Domino's is a restaurant. Restaurants serve food. The food has to be good. So I think that would be a great idea. Hey, listen, we are uh, dragging out my taking quite a bit. What have you got that you've taken? Damn. No, no, no. So I have, I have a problem, Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, my taking was going to be something very similar to this because of that article. And because the last five, six, seven stores I've been in, their idea of dough management was, hey, somebody go get me a tray of dough. So I was going down the same path as you. Inconceivable. And for the listeners, you know, Sam and I push speed. I feel the need, the need for speed. And there are so many ways for you to go fast and still be great. Dough management is it. I actually love that blue dot. I hadn't thought of doing the blue dots with the alarm. Yeah, I hadn't either. Years ago, there was a dough problem coming out of Denver where the dough just bubbled all the time. And I don't know why the dough would bubble. You're making dough at like 5,000 feet where water behaves differently. The boil temperature changes. So, you know, you bake cakes at a different temperature. So why would the dough behave weirdly? I don't know. But we had an entire like brain trust of people and somehow I got involved in it. And we had 
uh, reps from Middleby, reps from XLT. We actually brought in a guy who who wrote a book, and the the name on the book wasn't his name; it was the Doe Doctor. Nice. That's how he called himself. So we have all these people in to talk about dough management and the making of the dough and how the dough gets done. Sam, it was amazing to me. No one was doing it correctly. Supply chain is supposed to do a couple things and they weren't doing it correctly. I knew that because at the time I was doing supply chain audits and we had marked that supply chain center like three times for not down stacking dough correctly. So your dough is not going to proof correctly. Then when it got to the stores, there was no proofing, none. That's not good. Right. So, so you have everyone complaining, oh my God, the dough sucks. The dough sucks. We can't make good pizzas. And we're like, yes, you can't because none of you are doing these three steps. And Sam, I swear to you, the supply chain director and the franchisees in the meeting looked at the same time and said, that's too hard. The other side of it was the dough doctor. The dough doctor said that we were the only place on the planet, on the planet that used time. That time is irrelevant when it comes to dough. It's temp. It's not irrelevant, but it's, it's, temp, it's time is second. It's temperature, right? The dough's got to get to a certain temperature. Now, you know, if I put it in a thousand degree oven to get it to 55 degrees <laughs> in 33 seconds, time will affect it. But his thing was stick a thermometer in. And so that's why for those of you that listen out on the West Coast for years, there were dough trays that had temps on them and not times because we were trying to switch. But again, people got mad because, oh, my God, you want me to stick a stem thermometer in dough? That's too hard. I, I love the blue dot because the blue dot, if I stack all the dough the same way, I can pull however much dough I need out. And I only need one blue dot. Hold on. Let's jump in there for just one second and, and just make sure we're crystal clear. If you yeah. pull out three stacks of large, you only need one yeah. blue dot. But if you pull out yes, precise, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Let's yeah. make sure that our listeners understand that a 10 inch dough ball is going to get a warmer internal temperature quicker than an extra large dough ball because it's smaller. So, uh, so I'm with you. Thermodynamics. <laughs> yeah. welcome, welcome to Drew and Sam Talk Science. <laughs> but I don't need a stem thermometer in every cross stack. I don't need to check every tray. They're all going to basically temp in the same way, especially if you're smart about it and you don't put the stem thermometer in the top tray, or the bottom tray, you put it in the middle. That means the top will be a little warmer. The bottom will be a little colder. Everything will be close enough. It's only going to be like a degree difference. It's brilliant. And then the alarm goes off. I use the dough and I can't use the dough till the alarm goes off. I love it. Like this is the easiest thing on the planet. I love it. So um, gang, let's just kind of wrap this thing up nice in a bowl for you. Um, use temperatures. Time has, is a factor, but we shouldn't be proofing our dough by time. We should be proofing our dough by temperatures. Go to the Fowler Consulting website and click on the link to get yourself a Thermoworks dot. You'll need one for each size dough. Because as Drew just wonderfully explained, you don't need to put a thermometer in every single stack of large dough that you pull out. And then if you're interested in the sheet, you know what, Drew, I'll send it to you. Maybe you can put it for free download on, on your site and I'll put it for free download on my site. If it's not up when you go to look for it, just email me at sam at and I will send it to you. 
uh, I think that's uh, pretty good for this episode of Taken. What do you think, my friend? Not bad. I mean, you know, I think we've we've done better. This is kind of like Taken 2, not Taken 1. Taken 1 was like the best Taken. Taken 3 was kind of silly, you know. Uh, Liam, if you're listening, I disagree with Drew. So you can use your particular set of skills on him and not me. That was all personal to me. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. That's awesome. Thanks. All right. So let's see. That means I should say something along the lines of thanks so much for listening. We'd love it if you'd share these episodes with your friends, like them, follow us, and subscribe. This has been episode 46 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. As always, go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. That's all, folks.